All right, time being 6.08, I call the January 23rd Franklin School Committee Budget Subcommittee meeting to order. Um, have uh, Paul Griffith with us and KP Sampali will be joining us shortly. Um, before we get started, and have an opportunity to review the minutes from last meeting. I did. Excellent. All right, then um, we're going to go right into our discussion for today's so FY25 budget overview discussion. So, Lucas, Bob, please. So, I'll just kick it off um, by saying we put together a, a small slideshow. This is meant to be a preliminary look. One thing that is important to us. Um, as we continue to develop the budget is to bring uh, people along and bring uh, you all along as school committee members and as a subcommittee, but also um, bring the community along as we have information and we dive into this and have um, a clearer picture of how this budget is shaping up. Hi, KP. Come on in. So um, we've put together kind of where we're at at this stage of the game. We'll walk through um, a variety of topics related to budget, such as the drivers of our budget this year, um, the uh, assumptions that we can count on, and then we'll get into um, a, a fiscal analysis of what we uh, are looking at for projections for FY25. And um, we also have a budget workshop on Friday where we'll be joined by our, uh, our administrative staff to talk through the budgets in more detail by school and by district. But as a budget subcommittee, it felt most appropriate to kind of hit this with an overview, and then it'll lead into the, the, the meeting on Friday. I'm also planning, as we move into February, to share an addition, another update prior to the hearing so that we have a few opportunities to engage in Q&A and, and kind of dive into it as we continue through this process. So um, with that said, I'll kick it over to you, Dr. Dutch. Okay. Um, we thought it would be important to identify what, what were the priorities um, as we developed the budget um, so I don't know if you wanted to speak yeah. to these. Um, go ahead, Lucas. Sure. So um, as we think about our budget and the work we've done with our principals and our administrative team have really looked towards, one, how can we uh, continue to look at uh, the work that we've done over the previous years and look to continue to try to tell our story and improve with our budget transparency and how money's allocated and broken down uh, by role, by area. Um, we're also looking at a priority around class sizes. We've experienced higher than normal class sizes in, in many areas, had to make some really difficult decisions which have led to um, pockets across the district of um, higher, than, uh, higher than ideal uh, for class sizes you know, within our recommended range. Uh, we're looking to provide support for students. There's a growing need to continue to not only educate students academically but behaviorally, social, emotionally, and trying to make sure that we're providing uh, the kids with the tools they need to stay in class as much as possible and as often as possible, but um, educate all kids as well, not just those who are demonstrating a need. Uh, you know about our literacy initiative and the work that we're doing as a multi-year implementation, uh, pre-K to six. The ESSER grant funding is going away. That's a uh, priority is to identify what parts of that grant uh, will be carried forth, carried into our budget. And we've been saying for years now, when ESSER grant funding goes away, we have to make some decisions on whether it continues or not. And that's been a pretty transparent conversation we've had and many districts are dealing with as this is the last year of the ESSER funding. We'll talk more about later in the slide deck. And finally, uh, looking at just investments in how can we continue to try to create uh, equitable opportunities for kids? How can we close some of the learning gaps that we've seen? You know, we've mentioned our interventionists and the work that they do within our schools as one example of trying to provide students with support in time, but that uh, that's an investment and that's something that was in our ESSER grant funding and we're trying to figure out ways in which we can try to incorporate that. We can't bring everything forward and the reality is is we're going to be, we will be facing some pretty uh, tough, another tough fiscal year mm -hmm. and I want to be as clear as possible about that and we'll continue to develop this budget and uh, at the last slide which we will get to but it talks through kind of the tale of four budgets and different models and what this looks like and what it costs for us to continue to operate and we'll dive into that. So that's a bit of an overview. And, uh, Lucas, yes. I, I mean, before we get started, was that slide that you just showed, was that shown in any particular order of priority or urgency or was that just kind of the holistically what we were what you were considering? Um, I didn't intentionally prioritize, it was more holistic, but I do think what came first, to, I, I would say it's a pretty good representative list and um, 
I didn't I didn't think of it through that lens. I actually tried to think of every driver that impacts our decision sure. making and costs money. Um, okay. So yeah, that's a great question. No, that's fine. I was just curious. Yeah, please continue. Yeah. So there there are certain things that put us in the financial situation that we would be that we're in. Um, and so we'll go through those real quickly. Uh, first of all, we've got some decreases in revenue that we know of. Uh, one is ESSER 3. We've spent $500,000 this year on primarily staff um, that is to dedicated positions that we either will need to absorb or those positions would not be able to continue. So those are some things to something to keep in mind. Last year, uh, you, you put a significant uh, amount of money from your revolving accounts against the budget to minimize the impact of um, the financial situation that you had. Um, about $800,000 more than you had previously put. Um, that's not sustainable. You, you, you're not producing that amount every year. You're, you've pretty much emptied um, those accounts by the end of this year. That said, so you're looking at $800,000 less there, plus you've got about $400,000 less in grant money coming in estimated for next year. Some grants that were one-year competitive grants, not, not necessarily our entitlement grants, those are pretty consistent. Um, so you, you've, you've got to make that up somehow. Some areas where we're seeing uh, expense increases. Um, health insurance, we're estimating an 8% increase. It, it will be somewhere between 6 to 8%. So we, we've stayed on the, the high side. Um, that's, that comes at a cost of $560,000. So that's another half a million dollars plus. Um, contractual obligations represents $1.7 million uh, additional to this year's budget um, for all salaries, um, all, all contractual obligations. And then um, continued increased needs in student supports. Um, we continue to see students with greater needs um, socially, emotionally, behaviorally, um, and, and there are costs associated with that. And in most cases, we are mandated to address those issues. They're not, they're not optional. So there are costs associated with that. We'll get into a deeper dive on that specifically on Friday with the principals and what that actually translates to. But um, we just wanted to earmark it for you all today. Thank you. Questions on, on that slide? No. Please. Uh, that last bullet's the only one that doesn't have any values in it. Do we have an estimate for it? We don't. We don't have a dollar value for it at this point because we're still looking at um, what's been submitted by the principals okay. for some of those positions. Right. Do we have any grants uh, kind of waiting in the wings or things that we've applied for uh, that could potentially address some of the decreases in revenue? There, we, We've applied for a couple of grants, um, some for professional development this year, for this year. So professional development grants. We did apply for the uh, a homeless student grant, um, which is $30,000, which we did receive. So we, we've gotten a couple of things that were not in the budget for this year. And I, I, we didn't include them for next year, only because of the uncertainty of whether they'll A, be available, but more importantly, whether we'll be eligible. We also pursued, uh, for example, we pursued a school safety grant. Uh, we, we didn't that we weren't awarded uh, the grant. One thing we've noticed is a trend with rural versus more urban districts and some of the grant funding happening through the state. They're prioritizing um, uh, urbanized districts, different um, demographics to try to, um, I think in the spirit of equity and trying to create um, opportunity, but I just would put that out there. I just had that conversation today with um, someone within our organization around um, the grant funding and, and whether we're applicable. Uh, whether, whether we're uh, yeah, thank you, qualified or um, prioritized uh, for some of those. So we continue to still try where we see worthwhile grants. There'll be some 
I know that there'll be some curriculum um, grant applications to, that we, we continue to put up and go after, but it's something that we could count on in the budget as a, um, like a guarantee. So uh, it's a great question. Okay, any other questions here? So I'll just jump on this one. So additional budget drivers, as we think about it, some of these you'll see uh, um, are redundant, but I wanted them all kind of on one page. We talk about, we do look for ways in which we can reduce or shift costs. So we look at class size, for example. In some examples, it's you have a class size and a teacher would follow the, the large number of kids in a grade level, like a third grade to a fourth grade. So rather than just say we need an additional fourth grade, we analyze do we still need that additional third grade teacher if the incoming number is smaller. So we do that on a micro level um, across the district and try to make sense and be thoughtful around enrollment and look at um, and look at class size and make sure that we are fielding a team that uh, meets the needs of uh, the kids and is within a suitable class range. Um, you'll see here also we look to um, our other drivers are around trying to trying to maintain existing pro existing programming and our staff levels um, needed for the kids. That's what we typically base it around. We need to evaluate, as you heard already, the ESSER funding, and because that will be expiring, what um, we'd like to see incorporated into the budget, what will have to be uh, discontinued. And then uh, reviewing fees and tuition levels is something that uh, we did two years ago uh, as part of an exercise with, like, we started with the policy subcommittee and uh, continue to look at those as part of this conversation because it's, uh, it's revenue ultimately, fee, the fee structure and what that brings in. And then also, obviously, we have legal mandates that we have to prioritize right up front. Those are the things that are really uh, compliance-driven, but need to be prioritized similar to your own budget at home. What do I need to pay for? What do I want? I think we, we take the same approach at a, at a broad level, so. Okay, um, so we wanted to give you a kind of a deep look at the revenue that is available, uh, that we're, we're projecting to be available. Um, so let me just walk you through what, what you're seeing here and then we can talk about specific items. Um, so you've got your FY22 actuals and your FY23 actuals. You've got the amount that was budgeted for FY24. And then we have in pink the proposed FY25 revenue that we, we look to put uh, against the budget from our revolving accounts. That number is the same as the FY23 number, so we went back to what you had in FY23. The FY25 proposed two, which you see in blue, um, that goes back to what was budgeted for FY24 um, without a guarantee that we have that available. Um, so if we look at technology receipts, um, that's primarily any, any money that's coming in um, for Chromebook insurance replacement uh, or any, any broken Chromebooks. And we usually use that within the line item within technology. Um, circuit breaker, you'll see that that number did go up by almost 4.5%. We know that this year we're getting $3.8 million and we have to spend what we receive this year by the end of next year, so we've got to put the $3.8 million against next year's budget. Um, and that is an increase to what we received in FY23, which was put against the FY24 budget. That's why you're seeing that. Pay to ride, that's what students are paying to uh, ride the school bus. Um, we, we bring in about $900,000 a year. Um, some years you bring in a little bit more and, and you continue to put the 900000 against the budget. So you had some surplus in that account sitting there. Putting $1.3 this year is going to pretty much reduce that back to just the 900000 that, that's coming in in the current year. Um, school lunch receipts. Again, the, the school lunch program is a self-funded program, but we and they, they do have their own budget that is paid for through the revenue that they produce. But they also have surplus. 
we do absorb their health insurance costs in our budget, so we use the, the $280,000 from their revenue to offset their health insurance costs within our budget, so that's why you're seeing, seeing that. Uh, ECDC, that's the Early Childhood uh, Development Center, uh, we charge a tuition there, $800,000 uh, is what we're looking to put against the budget next year. And again, um, there's a little bit more than that brought in, um, but again, I, I, I don't think any of us ever want to be working check to check, so to speak. Um, and if we go to fully expending what comes in, it, will, it could create a challenge down the road. Um, Lifelong Learning is our uh, solutions program, uh, after school and um, some extracurricular types of programs. So again, they are a self-funded program, but we do absorb their health insurance costs, so that's why you're seeing that dollar amount put against the budget as well. Um, student activity receipts, so um, when students participate in a variety of student activities, uh, they, they pay a fee for that. That fee goes into this account, and we, we offset some of the expenses of those programs this way. And then finally, athletic receipts. Um, you have, and that prim not primarily, that is the fee that students pay to participate in sports. Um, that $688,000 that we put against the budget this year covered the full cost of athletics, um, but it is also all the revenue that, that comes in in that program on an annual basis. So we've, we've only put the 420 that has gone against it in the past uh, within the budget, against the budget. So again, you can, you know, we, we try we try when budgeting not to overestimate. I mean, uh, to this point, we've still got another season of fees to come in, so we've got to make sure that we're going to get to the number that that we're targeting. And then we could revisit um, the 420 and see if we want to increase that at some point to try and address some of the some of the challenges you'll see as we look look at the budget a little bit later this evening. Would just add that this is preliminary as of January 23rd, so we still have, um, when, particularly when it comes to these, we have to live the rest of the year um, with this in mind. I think I think that was a great example of the seasons, for example. Right, right. And and all of these, you know, while 90% of the students riding buses who are supposed to be paying have paid, there's still some revenue to come in, but not much. So we have a pretty good idea. Of, of what's available there, um, and that's part of the other reason not to. I'm confident with the FY25 proposed numbers. I'm not as confident that we can meet the FY2025 proposal two numbers. Um, so, just a caution. Okay. Comments, questions. Um, how many how many slides do we have in total? Just want to make sure we have enough time. I don't know. Um, there's only like 37, when I was kidding. Uh, there's there's ten. not ten. Yeah, there's a total of 10 slides. Okay, uh, I think, why don't we save questions till the end? Though. Okay, Just and so we can jump back to anything. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. For, for that point, in the future, we have slide numbers. Just makes it really yep. easy to jump back. Yeah, we can. <laughs> yes, yeah. we can. Good point. Yeah, that's, you know what? We usually do that. Let me, let me add them. So then grants. Um, this is the other side of, of the revenue um, beyond the town appropriation. Um, so IDEA, and again, it's set up the same way. IDEA is the special education grant. Um, we have a, a good idea of what's coming in for FY20 and FY24. I don't anticipate that they would go down for FY25. So we've, we've projected about the same amount for FY25 that we're, we've gotten for FY24. Um, and I'll go through each of these with you as well, just to, to clarify. So IDEA 
is the special ed grant. It is a federal grant that passes through the state to us, um, and that this year we we are getting one million two hundred sixty-nine thousand nine hundred fifty-eight dollars, even though we only budgeted one point two million, um, and we have allocated those funds so they've offset some of the other costs in our budget uh, that were part of the, the local local budget. Um, so our FY25 proposed amount is what we are getting this year. Uh, ECDC grant is again um, IDEA, it is for early, early childhood education, special ed grant, and again we, we've gotten the same amount for the last month this year as we got last year. So uh, there is a de decrease from FY22 and FY23, and I, and I don't know the answer to, as to why that is, so in anticipation of the question. I haven't looked back at those two grants. Uh, Title I has increased um, this year. Our, our fund, our amount received is 150780 We know that it's not going to go down next year um, based on our population it's possible that it may go up next year so i'm pretty confident with that number as a budgetary amount um, title 2a title 3 title 4 those, those are all they're all title grant they're all you know categorized in the same but they're different uh, targeted amounts type um, targeted populations so title one is is reading and or math has to be targeted to Title IIA is professional development, Title um, 3A, do you remember what that is? 3A1? Yeah. I forget. And then Title IV is, is a variety of things. Um, most instances it's put towards enrichment uh, activities for students. It's a, it's a fairly insignificant amount when you think of a $71 million budget. Um, ESSER three, you can see um, what the, okay, Title three A is yellow, English language learners. Um, ESSER two, you can see was, we didn't have anything in FY 23 or 24. ESSER three, you had $2 amounts, so that's gone away, so you're losing all of that. Um, ARP IDEA was COVID, COVID money back in FY22. That's gone as well, so you're not seeing any of that. Uh, genocide education was uh, part one and part two. They're, we're not eligible for part three, so we know that we're not, there is no part three, so we're not gonna be getting, getting that grant any further. Special earmark, those come through the legislature. Um, the $161,000 was a variety of, of um, targets, mostly mental health. The 67000 for this year is all mental health screening. Um, no guarantee as to whether we'll get a special earmark next year, um, so we didn't include it. Uh, and the question becomes what happens to the mental health screening right now? It's not in the budget. For, for FY25. Uh, Proficiency-based outcomes, uh, again, competitive, no guarantee that you're getting that, so we didn't include it. School nutrition equipment, it was a one-time, we bought some uh, equipment. Uh, should it become available again, obviously we would apply for it. I will say that the school lunch program does produce um, some revenue, you're only allowed to have a certain amount in your account, three, three months worth of your bills. So anything beyond that you've got to spend, and we've, we've been spending that on capital equipment for the kitchens. So that's kind of been taken off the plate of the town, uh, and where uh, fee-free lunch will continue from the state, uh, it's a commitment they've made we can anticipate that continuing to produce revenue for the school district so that there shouldn't need to be any capital expenses, um, at least for equipment in, in the kitchens. Facilities, 
there, there may, may need to be upgrades, obviously, um, electricity, gas, depending on the equipment that's purchased, obviously. Um, investigating History Pilot was a one-year grant. The, acceler oops. the Accelerating Literacy Through High-Quality Instructional Materials. Um, you recall during Capital, there was a, we, we were approved for a one-year um, purchase of the literacy program. Uh, we received a grant so that we could extend that to a three-year or five-year five-year five year program, and that's what that $200,000 was in FY23. Um, again, we, we continue to look for those sorts of things. There are some other private grants that we have that are, that are not here. Um, SIED, which is, is buying science, uh, Open SIED by, is um, buying science equipment and teaching materials. Middle um, school science. <coughs> those were not included in this, in this table. So in summary, um, you can see the total grants over the years if um, and total offsets. So if you look at if you look at the green, I mean you you can see the grants. So in, in FY24 you you committed uh, 9.1 million dollars against the budget of between grants and revolving accounts. We're proposing 7.8 million dollars in FY25. The proposal two. If we went back to the original revolving from FY24, it would be 8.7, still a 13% reduction because of the loss of ESSER. We, haven't, we can't replace that without using the budget. We'll go into more detail about this, but I, I do the budget a little different than you've seen it in the past, because mm -hmm. um, I think it's important that we recognize what we're actually spending on education. So we include all of the revenue, all of the grants, all of the revenue, which are the total offsets, plus the town's contribution. So you can see in FY24, the town's contribution was $71,989,431. With our total of all funding being $81 million. That's what we're spending this year. Next year, um, to be level service, and we're gonna, we're gonna give you a deeper dive into this with some explanation, the town's contribution would need to be $79,718,643, which is a 10.7% increase. I think it's a little different when we break it down. Yeah, when we break yep. it down. Um, so, total amount, 87601653 Understand that what we're actually needing to spend is a different number than this. I'm simply looking at percentages um, as we go through. So I'm going to jump to the next slide. So this is a salary, excuse me, um, a summary of our expenses. So if you look at FY24 and FY25, the budget and the proposed, I want to explain the difference to you and why there's such a big difference. This FY24 budgetary amount um, does not include the revenue for offsets. The way business manager did it previously was she would take all of the expenses, subtract the offsets, and that would be the number that she would represent as a budget number. Because that's what people care about is what's the town's appropriation. This includes everything. All of our revenue against the budget as well. But when we, we go to another slide, you'll see we're just going to talk about town appropriation. Okay. So you can see what the total school operating is. If we jump to the next. These are our expenses. 
Uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time going through these. You can see what the FY24 budget was and what the FY25 is for each of these line items. You can see what the increase is. Again, a lot of the increase um, is in student services. You see it was $6,883,000 in FY24. It's $11 in FY25. The big bulk of that is IDEA and Circuit Breaker. If I took that out of the $11 million, you'd be at about $7,300,000. So the, the difference would not be as, as large as it's looking right here. Okay. Um, and if, if the preference is to see it so that you can compare apples to apples, we can do that. I just always prefer to show what does it actually cost. Because I don't want people misled to think that the cost is $6 million or $7 million for our special ed costs. It's much greater. Okay. Okay. Lucas, I'll let you speak to this. This is kind of the, yeah. the tale of four budgets. Right, so the tale of four budgets. One thing that uh, through budget subcommittee, through school committee, through our joint budget subcommittee um, has been this idea of basically a few different models out there of what it would cost for us to do business. We've laid out um, a few budgets. I know it says four, but there's technically five there. So basically, just to be uh, clear on this, there's level service let's just start there that's your if we were to carry forth every service obviously vetting the number of teachers we need for the kids based on the enrollment but vet you know vet the positions things that we value and believe we need to continue to move forward would be your level service it's basically that survival like this is the number if you bring forth every program and our personnel that we have in our buildings today basically it brings you to an eight percent increase that's a $5.7 million figure carrying forth all the costs associated with this year to next year, just to be clear on what that means. Um, it does incorporate some of the ESSER um, position Th Those positions pieces. are included in the budget. If level service plus is another this is preliminary but we're trying to give you something to work off of and digest as we continue to work through but basically to that that is a level service plus means carrying forth the way we're operating today currently and in prioritizing and restoring a few of the previous cuts for example middle school clubs and activities are included in that budget late buses class size ranges, uh, even in areas where we're making some decisions that are tight, but this would uh, mean that we would be having the positions we need at each level depending on what they are. Um, and we'll provide more detail on Friday on this, but that idea, that's a 10% increase. That's a that's a $7.1 million number. Um, we didn't put a number to anything in the Thrive category or the restoring programming and key positions that you've seen that list, the 20-year list of basically positions and programs that have gone, we've, we've moved on without um, because of budgetary constraints. So that's your elementary world language program. Those are things that um, aren't necessarily compliance driven, but programs that we had at, a t at that time. Um, uh, a certain librarian corps, uh, middle school librarian corps, I'm seeing a low power on that computer. So I have to check that. Um, that's what that would include. And as you move to less than level service, I would bring you to the left side now. Um, that's if we looked at percentages of an increase, and we use two examples. Pardon me. You're good. All right. I'm going to use our own audience here. Okay, here we go. So um, these would include a 2.5% increase would be $1.799 million and a 4% increase would be a 2.879 million. So that just puts it in context. Those would mean our current programming, we wouldn't be able to afford what we're currently doing. It would not be level service. So that would mean we would need to reduce and cut positions um, if the number's less than that. So um, that's my, just my straightforward 
explanation. I'm happy to answer questions. I know Bob is as well. We're going to dive into this deeper. Uh, this is a, a first cut at this at a budget subcommittee, but certainly know that our plan is in February at the February 13th school committee meeting to continue to build that conversation out. In between then, we have a budget workshop on Friday where we'll have principals in the room and continue to uh, have conversations about all this. But um, for the purposes of tonight, we um, wanted to inform you. That's the, this is the final slide, I believe, as yes. well. So yep. we'll open it up to, to questions. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll open up to members for questions. In the receipts, since we go to the couple of slides back, mm -hmm. I was looking for student activities receipts. What kind of activities we are looking for here? They're bringing the revenue. Yeah, these ones. What are the student activity receipts? Um, different clubs that they would be in, mostly at the high school. Um, so they, they pay a fee, is it $75? They pay a $75 fee to access clubs. You'll know um, last year, middle school clubs and activities were cut, um, and that included transportation um, for the late bus. Um, the high school, that's the revenue. Basically, it's from the high school yeah. activities. There are some other uh, clubs that exist at the high school um, in a different... At the, at, at, there were? Mostly. Yeah, keep in mind, you had middle school clubs previously, mm -hmm. so you had revenue left over from those clubs, but not, not it doesn't produce a significant amount. Right. So that would be the... I think there was over 700 kids that participated in clubs and activities at the high school last year, and that number would account for basically that that amount was this was that there prior to COVID or just we, we have we had better numbers of participation I think uh, prior to COVID but we've seen it bounce back um, there's a we have a lot of clubs that exist um, and we did at the middle school too one of the areas that we prioritized to try to bring back in the budget was to try to restore middle school clubs and activities um, but then with that comes three late buses as well so there's an additional fee at $20,000 per school. So you're talking about 60 grand for just the big yellow bus to go to three middle schools on top of the money. So if you collect $75 per student and you have to pay the advisors uh, the stipend for running the club after school, um, it became, it was a cut that we made. We saw a decline um, in the uh, participation, but value that as part of the culture. I know our principals will tell you Having a thriving after-school club activity at the middle level is important. It just when push came to shove, um, we had to make we had to make some decisions. So that's um, that's how that came to be. Okay, thank you. That's up. Yep. All right. Um, so in looking at just a couple of different kind of comments as, as we're looking through a lot of this. For presenting this, I think it's really great. The transparency is nice, but we can definitely start getting bogged down pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. um, two thoughts there. Um, graph or figures like this, presenting it in more of a graphical format would be really helpful. Mm -hmm. I think it can really help also convey, you know, when people see kind of things going across and something they see a drop, Right. it's a lot easier to see kind yep. of in that setting. Um, and then another thought, you know, and it seems like it's done pretty well here, is also presenting it more in just rounding. Right, like especially the last slide yeah. that you have. Right. I think having that slide in a presentation is great because it shows you've actually done the calculation. You're not just hand waving and saying, "Hey, this is close." Um, but like, if you could go to that slide real quick. The last one. It's good. The feedback. last one. Yeah. Yeah. So like here, you know, this is a perfect example. So like, 1.8 million, 2.9 yep. million, 5.9 or 5.8 million, 7.2 TBD. If you just put it like that kind of across the board, I think this can really start focusing in a lot faster and people can process yeah. it because of how the numbers look. And we can also, we str I struggled with elaborating, but I think we need more detail on the investments to be super clear. As we evolve this, Friday's gonna be a great way to mm -hmm. tie, like, tie in on that. Um, but I think you, I think that's actually really good feedback as well. So yeah, and I think that's that's definitely going to be big. Is you know what does this you know yep. restoration look like? And I think also something that's very important um, that I didn't get throughout all this is what happens next. Mm -hmm. you told me about next year. <laughs> we that concept of survive. Well, what? Great. If we we just survive, we've not re, you know we've not actually given ourselves any breathing room. We're barely hanging on. Right. Well, what does next year look like? Like how much? How much is the cost there 
are that just surviving? And I think that's something that would also be helpful for us to see if yep. you can project that out. Yep. Um, but then identifying what some of these different programs are that would come back. You know, I think if yep. we have have things to it, where it's like, great, you know, you talk about middle school, you know, programs coming back to well, stabilize and partially restore, things like that really creating anchors instead of just things will get better, I yep. think would be really helpful. <laughs> the other part that I think would be really impactful, um, although obviously on the other side of things, what does three million get us? Like, how many jobs is that? How many programs is that? Do we have to start going after athletics at some point in time? Because I know the cost there is significant. It's a huge point of pride for this group. Like, sure. But what what does that look like? Especially, you know, then you start looking at the, you know, the real the two point five percent. What do we have to do to get down to that? It would, yes, we we can. We've done some preliminary. I don't want to create a bunch of fear publicly at this point on, on what or for our you know staff, mm -hmm. but I think there'll be some re realities that we'll have to face as we know what the number is looking like. And uh, we do really, I think we've done a good job of bringing people along, particularly our teachers and whatnot around this and trying to land at a place where, so I think those are all really good questions. Um, I would bring up, you brought up, um, there's one other item that you, you mentioned. I'm forgetting. Uh, can you dial back a little bit? Yeah, you, you, you brought up a lot of different things, but I was just taking, making a note when you um, went to the negative side. No, that's no, it's, it's about that. I think um, yeah, so we will demonstrate, we'll have to demonstrate what this would mean, the impact. The impact of not having is, is basically, logically, it's, it's a reduction if you're not carrying forth what mm -hmm. you have now. But uh, oh, I know what it was. It was your point around surviving and detailing what is survival. Survival is if we have to repeat this year, what were the impacts this year? Right. And it comes down to that decision of, I always use this example, you have 50 kids entering a grade and you have to decide whether you're gonna have two teachers with 25 kids in the room. Say it's, a, say it's a kindergarten class. And you have to decide whether you're gonna hire two teachers to cover 25 and 25, which equals 50. And then you hope that by, from May to September 1st, not one other kindergarten kid moves into that school, right? Or in a healthy budget, you say three, and it gets you down to 17, let's say, right? I could count on the fact that we're gonna get 18, 19, but thinking about K, you wanna have a smaller range, right? A smaller, so I just think like those are the survival is like, you know, we try to be fiscally responsible around enrollment-based reductions. We've, heard, we've been saying that year after year to keep up, but those are the decisions that go away. You can't say, you know what, it would be much better if we had a class size of 18 to 22, you know, for this particular grade. You end up with 225s because you can only hire two teachers. You know, that idea. So that, that's what I wanted to say. Yeah, and, and I really appreciate that. And also, I, the other comment you made about really trying to make sure that your, your staff are supported and that there, there's not a, a concept of concern. Um, I would also like to point out that seeing the response from the community a couple of years ago mm -hmm. when situations did arise, um, I'd say I, I do have a little bit of faith in, in my, my fellow, uh, you know, fellow townies that if they actually see and understand what these numbers mean, yep. there might be a recognition, a realization that, you know, we're not, these aren't just like silly numbers. We're, we're not trying to say, hey, this is a great idea. This, this can get us that little extra something. Right. Th this is quite literally livelihoods we're talking about. And we all have the opportunity to actually make a change for it. Um, so, yes, I, I can appreciate that. And if there is a way to be vague about it, uh, I think, I think we can get more detailed as the budget um, process unfolds, and I think your point's well taken. And I'm certainly not, um, one approach is to be transparent but not performative, and my idea is to try to be as real and honest about what where we're at, but not certainly um, do things to just to do them. But I think the, the reality of the situation is going to be enough to to um, demonstrate yeah. the cuts, to your point. Yeah, well, you, you think about the just the numbers that have gone up, um, and we, you know, the tables are out there as to what, you know, teachers cost. Obviously, it doesn't take into account all the, all the other benefits. Sure. But someone can start punching numbers pretty efficiently. And mm -hmm. I think it's very important that people recognize that this concept of cut and reduce programs from, you know, middle school programs are gone. High school programs we can start going after. I think we had enough noise um, and complaining surrounding the middle school cuts. Mm -hmm. But that, that's, that's the part that I want to make sure that we highlight there is the things that come next will hurt. Yeah. Regardless, like it's either going to be the experiences that people get to have or don't get to have, um, or something worse. 
So that's, I just want to make sure that, because cut and reduce sounds rough, but people just, re at least for me, I see it as programs, right? Yeah. You put it first for a reason, but, yeah. okay. Um, the one other question I had Sorry. is, can we break down what the chapter 70 looks like for folks? Because mm -hmm. I think that is also one of those big, like we've seen a big shift here with what, with our benefit from chapter 70. Right. And I think that's still getting lost, uh, especially, you know, generally as to, you know, why, why are we all of a sudden, you know, having a, a bigger challenge? And I think, it's, you know, we're being, well, We've, we've been a, a successful town in many different ways and people definitely want to live here and that comes at a cost. But mm -hmm. I want to make sure that people understand that we're not just suddenly misplacing or losing money. Yeah. It is this, there's a very specific formula right. and that is also impacting what is actually being asked of us. Mm -hmm. um, so if we could just break that out separately uh, if possible. That's something we can show pretty well graphically. Yeah. Um, yep. Going back to what you were looking for, you, you know, you can see that a much larger portion of our budget needs to be town appropriation rather than chapter 70 as our budget continues to go up and our chapter 78 doesn't. Right. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. Thank you guys. Um, so to go back to these numbers, um, sort of clarify, so Bobby mentioned that um, the numbers in the four budgets as well as the FY25 so these um, these different total budget numbers, those are from the, the new way you were calculating it, including... No, this is just town appropriation. That's just, that's just town appropriation. Right. So the 70, 71,989 is what the town gave the school district this year. Yep. 2.5% of that increase, and 2.5% increase would be $1.8 million more at 73.789. Then getting, if we, if they, we receive 4% more, it would be 74.8 million, mm. okay? Um, and then these are the actual dollar amounts by those percent increases. The 8% is representative of what it would cost to keep everybody currently employed, all of our programs, supplies, everything status quo as it is today for the next year. Okay. And again, this appropriation amount is based on the revenue that we're putting against the budget. If that changes, increases, then the town appropriation would go down, would be less to get to what we think is the number that we need for our budget. And again, there's still a lot of work to do with that budget. Yeah. But it's not there's it's not millions of, there's not millions of dollars of difference between what's still to happen today and Friday. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then what? Um, so was it, it was on a different slide when you mentioned the um, there's you had a different calculation for um, increase with offsets. Yes. Uh, here. Okay. So that was this one. Yep. So, so basically, what you've always seen for your budget, including yep. the expenditures, were these green numbers. Mm -hmm. So the, there were a lot of things in the budget that you never saw yeah. as positions or expenses. And I'll use special ed as an example. So if we've got $8 million worth of out-of-district tuitions, you saw about $5 million. Three million dollars of circuit breaker was going against the budget, so that was now so that three million was now in this appropriation. Okay, so what I did is I took the revenue and the grants, so the offsets in total, added it to the town's contribution, so that you could see what you really spent on your budget each year. Mm -hmm. Four time at six fifty seven. Yeah. Okay. All right, and then that so that's seventy nine number, that's that's what, what is that? Level, that's level service. So that's that's level service. 
with the with the offsets. Correct. So with that the offsets. So that equates to the without the offsets. Without the offsets. This eighty-seven million is with the offsets. Okay. So that's why we said it's a ten percent increase to the town when the budget's actually eighty percent. All right. Well, thank you for this. Um, yeah, the, uh, yeah, we need to wrap it up. But um, yeah, we look forward to continuing this conversation on Friday, on February 13th, and throughout the, the budget process. So I will entertain a motion to adjourn. I make a motion to adjourn this meeting. Second. Second. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? None. Ayes have it. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tin Type Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.